Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Um, man, I, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we get a chance to um, dig into God's Word together. I'm glad that we are at the end of this uh, series on justice, and I get to talk about it. Uh, we've been kind of living in this, uh, this scripture from Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. Um, and you know what? Let's just start there. And I, we're going to read it, and then, um, and then I just kind of want to give you, make sure we're all getting where it's going. Uh, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The reality is, it's, it's like, it's like the, the writer is saying, hey guys, it ain't rocket science. Do you know what I'm saying? Like God, God has shown us what we're supposed to do. And, and what is it? What is it that we're supposed to do? Three things. We're supposed to act justly. We're supposed to love mercy. And we're supposed to walk humbly with God. Love, you know, I, I could, I know, I know those aren't, I'm not supposed to speak on act justly and love mercy because we already did that. But man, what does it mean to love mercy? Have you guys dug into that? Have you thought about that over the course of the past few weeks? What is it? Not just to love getting. Everybody loves getting mercy, right? But I mean, what does it mean to love giving mercy? That's a question you can dig into. I will, I will go right past that because I could do half a sermon on that right now. But instead, I, w- I want to talk about this last little bit. Walk humbly with God. And so today, I just kind of want to do a deep, dive into humility, which I know um, might sound interesting, but I just got to tell you, it's probably not going to be fun. You know, it's like, uh, have you guys ever prayed for patience? Terrible idea. Also, don't pray for humility, because God will humble you. I'm kidding. Uh, well, kind. Of, I'm like 60% kidding. Um, but I, I, you know, I, what does it mean? What does it mean to be humble? And I think that we, we have this idea in our head when we say the word humble, and I think we think we know what humility is. Um, but I, you know, I think, I think it's a little more complex than we like to admit um, to ourselves. And so, so I want to, I want to talk about hum, the humility. This word humbly, walk humbly with God that's used in, in this, uh, prophetic work of Micah is a word, it's a Hebrew word, sana, and it, it's, there's only one other place in scripture where it's used. The all of scripture, there's only one other place that uses this same Hebrew word, and that's in the book of Proverbs. And so uh, Solomon, King Solomon wrote this, he said, when pride comes, then comes what? Disgrace. Ooh, don't like disgrace. We're going to say no to disgrace. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with tana, with humility, comes wisdom. Um, you know, I think we all get this idea, like pride comes before a fall. You know, I think we all get that. And we have in our head what pride means. Pride means boastful. Pride means loud. Pride means I'm out there. But I'm telling you, I, there's no way, you know, this, this scripture, 
uh, this uh, proverb scripture, it links pride and humility, which makes sense, right? You really can't talk about humility without also talking about pride. It's like the yin to the yang, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, the, it's the antithesis, but, it, but each one helps to define the other. The opposite of humility is pride. Um, and so I, I, I would really love to kind of dig into both of those things. What is, what is humility? What is pride? And you know, as I, as I was thinking about this message, I just, I wanted to get as real as we could possibly get. You know what I mean? I want to try to stay away from just thinking churchy-like. I want to talk about what does it look like? What does a humble life really look like? What does a proud life really look like? And um. I got, the first thing I want to say is that I believe that pride is cunning. Pride is crafty. It is, it is so much more complex and difficult to recognize than we think it is. Because we have in our head what pride looks like. You pr- when you hear about a proud person, you probably have a, a face that comes to mind, right? You've met proud people. But, but I, I think it's, a, it's more complex than what we normally um, think of. It, we normally don't see pride for what it actually is. And here's the problem with that. First Peter chapter 5 says this, God opposes the proud and shows favor to the humble. I mean, I want favor, right? But <clears throat> this scripture freaks me out. Because there's not a lot of places in Scripture that talk about God opposing you. Do you know what I mean? I don't, can I just tell you this? I do not want God opposing me. That's scary. That freaks me out. And especially if, if, if Scripture tells me that God opposes the proud, but I just said that pride is cunning. Pride isn't always something that's obvious. Pride isn't always something that we know we're in the middle of. Often we don't even recognize pride in ourselves and God opposes the proud. That makes me nervous. And so I think it's worth looking at what it might actually look like, looking at what it might feel like, looking at what actions come from the proud, looking what action, at what thoughts come from the humble. And so um, before we jump into it, I, I want to I bring up a counterintuitive truth that I think we're going to see over and over again. And the counterintuitive truth about humility and pride is that humility requires high self-esteem and pride is the result and is rooted in low self-esteem. I know we think it's opposite, don't we? Most of the time we think that pride is because we think we're better. Pride is because we think we're great. The reality is that in order to act humbly, someone actually has to have a higher self-esteem. And people who act with pride, most often that pride is rooted in real and feeling inferior. And so, let's start to get real about pride 
and humility. And um, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some things that might be uh, markers of humility, and then markers of pride in your life. And I don't wanna I don't wanna say if you ever have had any of these things, you are proud and God opposes you. That is not what I'm saying. Okay, but I do think that there are there are things that we should should be willing to take a look at in our lives because if if it's true and i just before we go into it can we all just do a, just a a couple of seconds of work on our heart to say god actually why don't you close your eyes with me close your eyes with me and I, i'd like for you to and for me to to say god there it may be something in me that is proud there may be something in me that is less than humble that I'm not even aware of. Would you reveal it to me? Okay, having done a little bit of that work, here's a couple of signs of humility. This is good, this is good. Let's start with the good, right? Signs of humility. I keep my unsolicited opinions to myself. That's what, that is what humble people do. I keep my unsolicited opinion. Man, I'll tell you what. Giving your opinion is a God-given right in this country. Am I right? Like, it is, it's right up there. Freedom of speech, baby, come on. But humble people keep their unsolicited. And I, I put unsolicited because... If somebody comes to you for advice, that's the whole point, right? But if they don't, a humble person keeps their mouth shut. Number two, if I'm humble, I am willing to take the blame and share the credit. This is a tough one to do. You work with people. You may, uh, this is something that comes at work all the time, right? A... There's something in us. And, and the world tells us, you got to make sure everybody knows what you did well, right? Because otherwise they're not going to know. Maybe you won't get the promotion. Maybe you won't um, get paid well. Got to make sure everybody knows that you're the one doing the work. You're the one. But humility says, if it all goes well, we all get the, the credit. And if it goes bad... I'll take my, at least my share of the blame. That's humility. That's, do you see how Im, important self-esteem is to that? Do you see how it, it is almost impossible to do that if you think poorly of yourself? Because if, you, if deep down you don't understand who you are in Jesus, who, who God has made you to be and loves you as, then you just don't have what it takes to share the credit and take the blame. That's number two. Number three, I don't need recognition from others to feel good about myself. This is, you know, maybe this is uh, something that comes um, naturally to you. You know, like I, 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 I got a weird thing. My, um, my mom is... Let's just say, maybe, you're, maybe all moms are like this, I'll just say, but my mom is overly gushing 
about how wonderful her children are. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, to a point that it's a little, no, not a little, it is fully embarrassing. Um, I, and, and like she always was, even when we were kids, she was always like that. And I was so embarrassed. She would do it in public and it would drive me. Now, normal people would think that's wonderful, right? And I hated every minute of it. I don't know what it was inside of me that I didn't like it. And so now, even now, somebody who compliments me about something, maybe you have tried to do that in your life, and I, I hate it. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like it. That's not what I'm talking about here. That's just a screwed up, weird reaction to compliments because of my childhood. Do you know what I'm saying? No, what I'm talking about is a, is a deep understanding of who I am who I was made to be, knowing that I have faults, knowing that I have great things about myself, all of that stuff was made in me by God himself. And I don't need somebody else to give me worth because I find my worth in who I am in him, the fact that he made me. And, um, and that's, that's different than I just don't like compliments. Do you know what I'm saying? All right, that's number three. Signs of humility. Number four, this one's a really hard one. It's, um, it's something I think about, uh, you know, some of you guys know that somebody in our lives um, passed away a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Myrna Vandeveer, our, I don't even know what to call her. She's the best person who's ever lived. Is that what I call her? Um, she's, uh, she is the embodiment of humility. It's so funny. We were planning on this sermon for, for weeks, months even, and um, and as I was writing it, I was like, "Dang, I should just talk about Myrna the whole time," because that woman um, embodied this. But the, this this one is something that always came to that her default assumption was that people were always doing their best even when they were unkind, even when they did stupid things, even when they made bad choices. Her default position was always that people were doing their best. And here's what I'm going to tell you, that is not normal here. Most people's default position is that they're bad, I'm good. They did something bad that makes them bad. But a humble person, humility says, everybody screwed up. I do bad stuff. I say mean things. I screw up. So maybe they just screwed up too. Because the reality is, here's what I've learned over the years. There are very few really bad people in the world. Did I tell you that? Very few people are actually bad people. I mean, I, I think there, there are some of them <laughs> who, who live in that and, and relish the bad. I'm not pretending there aren't some, but it's, it's so few. Most people are trying their best. Most people are trying to do their, oh, sure, they screw up and they're messed up inside and so they're hurt, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Um, they're hurt, so they lash out and I, i'm not i'm not excusing that behavior but deep down most people are good most people are at least trying to be the person that they should be and so you know i just wanted to walk through some of those because now we're going to dig into these signs of pride and um and i just want us to each have a little 
a little radar up to see if God wants to speak any of this into us. Here's a couple of signs of pride. Number one, I feel compelled to share what I think about politics, vaccines, and all controversial topics. Specifically on social media. Right? There is this compulsion that nobody's asking what you think. Right? Nobody cares what you think. But there's something inside of you that says I have to put it out there. And listen, um, this, this happens on all sides of the political spectrum. All the way across both sides, right? This happens on both sides of the vaccine thing. This happens on the Christian. Not, I'm telling you the idea that a bunch of Christians get on social media to spew out all of the things that they believe because somebody needs to hear it is just bull. That's pride. I have this thing that you need. That's pride. And so if there is a compulsion in you to be heard, you know what I mean? If there's a compulsion in you that says, I need people to understand what I think about that topic. And most of the time we couch it in, I'm trying to do good, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to further uh, justice. I'm trying to further this cause that I think is, is very important. That's, I, I get that. But, but you got to look back at the thing behind the thing because is, is that really the motivation or is it that you want people to hear what you think? That there's a compulsion to share your opinions. That is a sign of pride. I'm trying to get real here, guys. All right, let's go to the next one. I look for validation through false modesty. I'm telling you, this one creeps up on you. Because um, there are things that maybe you think you're really good at, but you desperately want somebody to tell you you are. And I hear it all the time. Somebody making sure to bring up a subject so that they can get um, their compliment. And then, oh, you know, no, 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 I, that's not me. I'm not that great. Yes, I am. Bring me the little, no, 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 come on. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of false modesty on, man, I'll tell you what, I believe social media is a breeding ground for pride. Can I tell you that? It is a breeding ground for pride. And we live on it. I mean, people are living on this thing that is set up to, to build pride because what we think, what our, what our culture tells us is that you, want, you need to build up your self-esteem. And so on this thing, you get likes and somehow that gives you self-esteem. That's not self-esteem. That's the opposite. That's pride. Because humility gets my worth in God himself and pride gets my worth in clicks and likes. Because people think good things about me. And I desperately want people to think good things about me. That's number two. I, that, the false modesty thing. Okay, can I just say this? How many times I've seen on social media, hashtag no filter. Okay, here's what that means. Here's what that means. What it means is, I look really good in this picture. 
but I'm going to pretend like this is me not looking so good so that all of you will say how beautiful I look, right? Tell me you haven't seen that. That is false modesty everywhere. All right, that's number two. I look for validation through false modesty. Number three, I'm hungry for others to speak highly of me. Now, everyone should raise their hand on this one, right? We are all hungry for others to speak. There, if you're not, I don't think you're human. Like, maybe we should uh, see about an alien takeover because, because everybody wants to be thought highly of. That's just like an innate thing, but there is a difference between a, a normal desire to, to be thought highly of, especially by the people who love us the most, and, the, and something where that directs the course of our actions. It directs the course of our thinking. It is, it's something that, that has, holds sway over us. Is it so important that people think highly of me that, that I will lie? That I'll fudge the truth about certain things. That I will um, put myself out there for people to look at, for people to see. I'll try things. I'll, I'll uh, go skydiving so that I have a great video. I'm hungry for others to speak highly of me. Um, this, one's, this one's really interesting, this next one. Um, because I believe it is a, the, that pride is behind it. But if you could say, I am often angry about what others say. I'm often angry about what others say. So <clears throat> somebody, there's a conversation at work and they're talking about, uh, they're talking about the pro-life, pro-choice thing, right? And you have very strong opinions. And it is really hard for you to listen to people talk about things on the other side. And, and then that night, you replay that conversation in your head. And it just makes you angry. Now, I'm not telling you you're wrong. Right? Um, if somebody talks about Donald Trump, one way or the other, right? Whichever direction you are, they are the other way. Is there emotion that comes up in you? Is there anger? Do you find anger? If you're a, if you're a Trump supporter and somebody's bad-mouthing him, does that make you angry? If you are a Trump detractor and somebody thinks the, the world of him, does that make you angry? I think there's a, maybe right, not right now, but think back a year. A year ago, if somebody spoke that, what, do, does it make you angry? Does it make you angry when somebody says a buzzword that you don't like? The reason why it is a sign of pride is because it's me-focused. When, some, when, when somebody else talks and says an opinion, even if it's completely wrong, and my reaction is to be angry at them, I'm looking inside. That's about me. That's about my feelings. The truth is, 
humility is very, very quiet about my feelings because humility says I, I believe the best about that person. I think they're wrong on that. And I, maybe I should pray about them. But I, uh, humility says I am no better than that other person. That's, uh, that's the fourth one. One more. Uh, and one, this is the only one that's kind of like the, uh, the obvious one that we all thought about pride before. There are some people who honestly think they're better than somebody else. You know what I mean? Maybe, that, maybe there's some of that in you. I've got to be honest with you. Because I, I blame my mother still. I blame her. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. If you listen to this online, I apologize. Um, but because I was told my whole life how amazing I was, I started to believe it. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, there's something in me. I'm, this is me being super honest before you. There is something in me that I have to fight that says, I'm pretty great. You know? That's just, I'm just being real. There's something in me that says, you know what? Maybe you are better than most people. You know? Maybe, maybe you are more talented. Maybe you are funnier. Maybe you are smarter. Maybe everybody else is really kind of dumb. Well, look at what they do. Clearly they're pretty dumb. Okay, that... That's a little, maybe that's a little extreme. That doesn't go exactly through my head, but that's, that's what's behind it. There's something inside of me that believes that maybe I'm a little better. That's something I got to fight. You know why? Because God opposes the proud. Yikes. let's be honest, living a prideful life is way easier, right? Living a prideful life is way easier than living a humble life. It comes naturally, especially in our culture. But it is death to our spiritual lives. I'm telling you, pride is death to our spiritual lives. Pride is focused on me. And our lives were never meant to be focused on ourselves. Can we, can we all buy into that? The lie that your life is about you is so seductive. Your life was never meant to be about your, you. Your life was always meant to to be about him and other people. That's it. That's how we work. Uh, Romans chapter 12 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. That word, be willing to associate. It's like, be willing to get down in the muck and do the dirty work that the low people do, that the people do who are not uh, welcome in ex high, high circles. Get down into the muck. Clean up the stalls where the horses are. That's what he's getting at. 
If you are going to follow Jesus, this is what it looks like. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Be willing to get down in the muck with people who have low position. Who nobody thinks highly of. Who everybody hates at work. The truth is, your life is not about you. And this church is not about you. Can we stay right there for a second? Now, church is this thing that we, that we put together every week. And, and, and I'll tell you what, all across the country, there are churches meeting right now, right this very minute. And in a lot of those places, what it really is, is it's a club for people who agree with each other. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's a club. At our club, we have dues. It's called the offering. We also have little rituals, like communion. Um, and what we do is we all come together. It's always the same people. And we all agree with each other. You know why we all agree with each other? Because when we disagreed, we split that church off, right? And so we just got down to the, this group of people who all agree with each other, and we all get together, and we sit around, and we nod our heads together, and then we go home. It's a club. And I'm going to tell you, I am not interested in a club. There are lots of clubs. You can go find one of those. This, this church is not a club for people who agree with each other. That is not why. Because the truth is, this church is not about you just finding a place to belong. It's not just about you finding a place to be and have a, a place to be on Sunday morning. This church exists because there are people who are far from God. And somehow, some way, we have, got, we have found some kind of an answer and we are here for the purpose of offering that to somebody else. Church is not about you. Church is about them. Unless you're brand new, then church is about you. I, w I remember the first time when I first came to church, I wasn't on staff at our church. Uh, Mandy and I just came to, to start coming to church. And we went to this thing. This was 20 years, 21 years ago almost now. Um, we went to this thing. We called it 101, which was like, like you know, it was with pastor, our pastor, lead pastor David, and we got into this room, and there was a bunch of us, and he was just kind of telling us about the church, and, and um, <clears throat> at one point he said this. He said, in our church, if you are a Christian, we're so glad you're here, but you're a second-class citizen. I said, what? In our church, if you're a Christian, you're a second-class citizen. You already know. If you want church to be about you, if you want church to, have the, to do the things that you like, to sing the songs that you like, to, to um, have uh, the, the programs that you want for you, that's great. There are tons of churches where you can find that. That's not who we're going to be. In our church, if you're a Christian, you're a second-class citizen. Somebody who walks in off the street, who doesn't know what they think about God, who shows up into this place and is trying to figure out 
what the best thing for their life is. That, that's why we exist. And I thought, that is something I could give my life to. I, that was the moment, I believe, in my heart, that was the moment. And I've been at Central for 21 years since because I'll give my life for that. Church is not about you. I know it's kind of a weird thing to say. To all, there's a bunch of you guys who are here for the very first time. Um, but man, you might as well hear it. If you know Jesus, this is not a place where you're just going to come and have a club. This is a place where we are going to get fed and we are going to get um, uh, built up so that we can share what God has given us with other people. That's what we're going to do. It's not just going to be about us. Um, I should probably bring it back to humility and justice at some point, right? Um, But here's the truth. Justice for people who are far from God begins with humility. All of that stuff I just said, there's this thing underneath it that's a little bit insidious. All the stuff I said about the fact that we are not here for Christians, we are here for other people, it it has this, this ring. Let's say maybe you walked into this place and you don't know what you think about God. You're... Maybe you, you wonder if church is a thing that is, is for you, but, um, but you don't know what you think. And, and then you hear me talk about this, this that the reason we exist is for people who are far from God. Um, and underneath that kind of feels a little like, do you think you're better than me? Right? You have this idea that you somehow have the answer and you think you're better than me. You think you've got it all figured out. And so there's a, there is a, a, real, there, there's a, a real trap that we can get, we can fall into. And that is, we have the answer. We've got it figured out. We know how life is best lived. Poor all of those people who are sinners, right? Poor all, I, I feel so bad for all those people who haven't figured this out yet. You hear where pride comes in there? Got to be careful because the truth is you are no better than them. I am no better than them. When I, um, I'll tell you, I got friends who are, who couldn't care less about church or God or anything like that. Um, And by the way, if you don't, you should get some, right? Because if, if you aren't friends with people who, who couldn't care less, how are you going uh, to, under, A, understand other people, and B, how are you going to be there as an opportunity for them to see Jesus? So anyway, I, I've got friends who um, are far from God and couldn't care less, and, um, and I'll tell you, some of them are kinder, more wonderful than most Christians I've ever met. Can I tell you that? Can I also say, I met a lot of jerk Christians in my life. And I, I'll tell you this, if you've been hurt by jerk Christians, I'm really sorry. Because they're out there. I, we're out there. Um, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart 
when um, pride keeps somebody from finding Jesus. Because there's Christians out there who think they're better than everybody else. Can we all just be real and say, man, there but for the grace of God go I. I. I would have nothing. I would be nothing without the grace of God. I was born into a family that taught me about Jesus from when I was a baby. Did I earn that? Does that make me smarter? Does that make me better? Why on earth would I think that I'm better than anybody else? I, um, I heard, how, how long am I going? Ah, we're fine. I hope you guys have a couple hours. Um, <clears throat> just kidding, I'm kidding. Um, I heard, uh, okay, there's a comedian that I can't stand, honestly, but he made a really good point. You guys know who Bill Maher is? Okay, good. Don't look him up. Bill Maher said something, though, that I thought was absolutely true, because he's, he's an atheist, and he said this. He said, here's what I don't understand. If Christians actually believe what they say they believe, what are they doing? Because, because if they actually believe that people are going to go to an eternal hell and they have the only answer, why are they sitting on their butts doing nothing? Wouldn't you be like shaking every person? And this is Bill Maher. This is an atheist saying, if you really thought that you had the answer, what are you doing just going around doing your regular life? All these people are about to burn in hell. What are you doing? Is that an indictment? And listen, I'm not, I'm not preaching that. Because I don't think people come to Jesus because they're scared of burning in hell. And the reality is, Jesus is here for people, for the hell that they're living in right now. Um, but I think there's validity in the question that Bill Maher asks. Do we, do we actually believe what we say we believe? Because if we did, wouldn't, we, wouldn't this be something that is burning inside of us? The people that we love, that are far from God, that are living in a hell of their life, that, that maybe, maybe we think there might be something that, they ha- that we have that might be, we might be able to offer to them. Isn't justice having the humility to say, I'm screwed up just like you. I'm finding Jesus. Would you come find him with me? And why don't we care? Boy, this is not what I planned to say. Can I just be honest with you? Um, I, think, I think God wants to speak to our hearts that it is time to remind ourselves that he is desperately in love with people who don't even, who, who aren't even, don't even have him on their radar. Desperately in love with your coworkers. He is desperately in love with your family and your neighbors. Cannot wait to have a connection with them. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. 
Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.